Hello, and welcome to the Messy Truth About Leading People podcast with Nikki Roth, Rhea Welsh, and Gavin Fensmith. This is where we explore the real world of leadership and leading. We call it the Messy Truth because it's all about the imperfections, complexities, and quirkiness of people who come in many different varieties. Hello, Nikki. Hey, Gavin. We have a new episode today, and we are going to talk about women. Okay. <laughs> I, I can represent. <laughs> and I can observe. Yeah. Um, now, in particular, we want to have a conversation about executive female leaders. So in the, in the work that you and I do every day, we are working with executive teams and senior executives. And very frequently, as you have pointed out to me many times in the past, we seem to have a different type of conversation often with female executives in one-on-one conversations than we do with male executives. Sometimes it's not different, but oftentimes it is. So we thought it'd be interesting just have a conversation today on that topic. Sounds great. Yeah, and I think that we also get a lot of questions from people. Yes. Asking, I don't know about you, I get asked, you know, is there a difference between male leaders and female leaders? So yeah, let's just talk about what we think are some of the differences. Okay. So there's something for me about, yeah, so how women show up. Yeah. You know, in terms of ambition or ego or, you know, competitiveness and so on that, that you know, you, you and I are of an age, but, you know, we've seen over, over you know, a few decades certain norms in organizations where, where males are running the place. So just wanted to maybe start there and just think about how we think women show up with that frame of reference. So again, to remind our listeners, we're talking about women who already have achieved a great deal and now find themselves on an executive team. Yeah. Our listeners might think that the issues change dramatically <laughs> once you get let into, you know, the inner sanctum. But I would say it doesn't change fundamentally. So for instance, I sometimes think about this as a negative, the conversations that I never, ever, ever have with men that I have with women all the time. Yes. So women executives are still concerned about being ignored, dismissed, discounted, discounted, not respected in the way that their position ought to afford them. And, you know, when I'm talking then with that female, I'm trying to help them just cope with that Mm. and not take it too much to heart. You know, don't make it an inner voice that they then have to struggle with, but to more keep it external as like, these men are assholes, you know, and they've been trained in a particular way and they're not used to having to deal with a woman in a position of power. But I don't have the conversation with a man necessarily about well, I'd never have a conversation with a man that they're being ignored. Or, or, the women, or that all the women are assholes. <laughs> <laughs> or that the women are assholes, right, exactly. So, you know, that's one particular conversation. And I know to some of the younger women listening to this, you know, they'll be very disappointed to hear that that one doesn't get loads better. Hmm. But the other way that I think about that one is when there is not a critical mass on a team, of other people that look like you, whether it's women or minorities, then there is a very funky dynamic that ensues, which is like either A, I have to be, you know, 
superwoman here and represent my entire gender, mm. or B, be so assimilated as a woman that I start to sound like a man. Yeah. And so there's difficulty when you are one of just a couple versus you're 50% of who's on that team. And how would you say ambition shows up in a female exec, senior executive? You know, someone who might be competing for the CEO seat or might well, not want it. I mean, both. So forgive the sociologists in me, but, you know, men and women from a really young age are trained really differently and culturally. Yeah. We're trained very differently. You know, for a man, hey, walk right in and state what you want, ask for that raise, ask for that title, and just like hammer away until you get it. And for a woman, if I can report from my days being head of HR when I was in charge of succession planning, right? So it was like meeting with the CEO and the big cheeses and, you know, who's on the map to mm. succeed now. Man, I tell you, the men would come into my office and friggin' lobby to be on the list. Yeah. Whether they were ready or not. But they were lobbying to ascend. I I'm not sure I even remember a woman walking in my office and telling me I'm ready to ascend. I'd like, you know, this or that role. It it's just not first nature for women. Yeah. It's not that they don't have ambition. It's just that it plays out much more quietly. You know, women have the belief, I'm just going to keep doing really great work and everybody will reward me because it's so obvious. And men shout it from the mountaintops. Yeah. Not only do I see women not lobbying, I see all the way to the other end of the spectrum, which is women not quite figuring out how they can achieve parity with peers and you know, being able to stand up for what would appear to be, you know, simple, fair, a straightforward fairness. Right. You know, so, you know, I know of an executive, I was mentioning earlier, you know, who works for an organization here near me, and she knows, because she has the data, that she is underpaid in comparison with her peers. But she can't yet find her voice to bring that forward to to the organization. to, to and, and she's pretty senior. So it, it's a very interesting, so it's not just lobbying, it's also the as you say, the socialization of what is good behavior when it comes to this, you know, it comes to me as an executive. Right. I think sort of finding your voice, That I think that's another way you talk about it, isn't it? Particularly for women. Right. You know, for all executives, I think it's really important to be clear with yourself, to know how you want to engage the organization, how you want to lead your team. You know, so you have to be grounded in a good sense of yourself and then how you want to show up and how you want to communicate. I think for women, finding their voice, well, first of all, there's a ton of socialization to overcome because there's so many different voices that are deemed as not okay for women. And then there's the possibility that, you know, they'll be called a bitch and this and that and the other thing. Again, because we haven't evolved yet enough as a culture. So I sometimes call this the Goldilocks syndrome, where, you know, a woman can't be too hard and she can't be too soft and she's got to find that just right place to show up. And it's tricky. I mean, I think women at more uh, junior levels have more room to experiment 
and try this and try that and they'll get feedback and they'll be groomed and they'll be mentored and all those other kinds of things. But once you're an executive where there's a lot riding on your voice and your word, they have to walk into those roles with a level of confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the executives I was working with, perfectly capable, completely, uh, she was being groomed to take over the CFO role and that was imminent. And, you know, she just battled with her own self doubts and she didn't want to step on anybody's toes. And, you know, of course she knew the answer to every question, but she couldn't exhibit that. She had to be the good team player, etc. Lo and behold, you know, she, she does ascend to the CFO role, except they only make her the acting CFO for nearly two years because they're not sure that she fully embodies the role because she's, you know, not as aggressive and she's not as, you know, hard nosed as all the other, by the way, 90% male executives on that team. Mm. And so this is the challenge for a lot of women is either I have to cope with whatever insecurities I feel and deal with that someplace else or overshoot and become an aggressive, hard-nosed, you know, I don't give a shit about anybody, or finding the sweet spot. It's very, very, very tough. What do you hear from some of the women that you work with on this issue of voice and showing up? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the conversations I have with, you know, when working one-on-one are about, whether it's male or female, are about the clarity about what type of leader you are which draws from what type of person you are. Right. You know, what type of leader you are is, is very much contextual. What's the, what's the context of your organization, what you've grown up in, emerged in? Yeah, so those, those conversations are, are normal for me. And then I do find that when having those conversations with women, there's an extra layer, which is it's not just the female executives' relationships with their peers, it's how the organization below them will perceive them mm. as a female leader. Yeah. And, I mean, it you know, depends which industry you're in. In some industry sectors, there are many more female executives, media, perhaps entertainment, for example, but there are many that are whether or not. And there are two organizations that I've worked with in the past, both female CEOs, and both of them had all of their direct reports were male. So, but, but there's this kind of... Um, how am I perceived by those looking up? Yeah. What type of leader am I? And so it's this balance between whatever the sort of the human norms are here. Right. Is a human norm here to be show off and ambition is visible or is the human norm to tone that down? That's one example. But then also it's the, so how do I express myself as whatever my personality is as a female leader, but also do that in a way which which is true to myself as a woman. So I think in my conversations with women executives have that added layer of how I am obviously both are concerned with how they're perceived as a leader, but then the overlay for women is as a woman, because a lot of people down there below me have never had a female leader in this role before, or have never had a female executive with such, you know, significant responsibility. And, you know, you and I have talked about this before, but the male ego is a fragile thing and reactions can be bad. So it's a very nuanced conversation. Extremely. Yeah, to that point, what you made me think is sad to say this, but there is still skepticism when a female ascends into the executive suite. How did she earn that role? How did she get there? 
again, because there's two or three there, oh, it was the, you know, it's the same as when a minority ascends. Oh, they, you know, they had to deal with the diversity numbers, right? You know, so we don't have any female executives and this was the board pressing for some female executives. And so it's kind of a, oh, this was an affirmative action move Mm. versus this is a woman who's worthy of this role. And so that's why some of those people at the lower levels of the organization look up at that woman and they go like, yeah, right. So there's still an unspoken unless, as you say, in certain industries where there's lots of women Mm. serving all up and down in responsible roles, unless there is a critical mass of women any woman that ascends will have, it's like an asterisk after their name. That's a really interesting point. Finally, Nikki, on this episode, we're not going to talk about sort of specific how-to tips for people. It's more of a general chat. My last question to you is around passive aggression. Mm. Give me your perspective on that and how that shows up, particularly with female executives. So again, I go back to the socialization issue. Right. Men are socialized that it is totally fine to be competitive, aggressive in your face. It's unattractive. It is destructive in teams uh, when it's out of control. But that's still acceptable behavior in most organizations. That's how fire in the belly shows up, right? That's how, you know, we know that they're really setting the world on fire, right? For a woman, though, we are socialized that is not good behavior, okay? And if we're that in your face, and we're that aggressive, and we're that competitive. I mean, the nicest thing that will be said of us is that we're bitches, but it's much, much worse. And we're trained that it's unbecoming, that we're collaborators. It's all about the team. It's not about me, me, me. And so unfortunately, the way that the, because women absolutely are feel competitive and aggressive and angry and all these other things, but it shows up as passive aggression Mm. versus that more clear cut, you know, everybody can see it. It's right on display Mm. of a man saying, shut up or dressing Mm. you down in public Mm. Mm. where a woman will do something sneaky behind the scenes and undermine you. Now I say neither one of those kinds of behaviors are functional or appealing or good for anybody. But it's harder to pin down that passive aggressive behavior in women. It'll be felt and people will feel suspicious and won't trust that woman. But it is healthy assertion gone underground and, you know, roiled around in the darkness. And it comes out in such shitty ways. Very interesting, Nikki. Maybe we should bring this to a close. And I'm thinking that you and I talk about this stuff a lot. And this sort of episode is sort of a a window into some of the things you and I talk about um, in the sort of everyday work we do. So I know you and I'll carry on talking about it, but maybe we bring it back to another episode and try and uh, see if we can expand it a bit. Right. I think what we're trying to do on this particular topic, because it's so big, is we have to just keep talking about it and refining the conversation and invite our listeners to engage with us. in this conversation. Tell us your great stories of these wonderful executive women who changed your life or your own struggles. And it's, we got to get this right. I mean, we're at a moment in our cultural history where there are many more female bosses. Yes. And we have to be able to be okay with that so that it's not so burdensome. Tremendous. 
Well, I enjoyed the conversation. Thank you very Likewise. much. Likewise. Thank you. Let's talk again soon. Sounds great. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.